All right, you're listening to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. This is Adam Rappaport. Now, before we get started on today's show, I want to thank you, the listener. Uh, two weeks ago, we asked you to write in and let us know what you think about the show. And you know what? We got a ton of email. And most of it was really, really positive, which made us feel really, really good. But but even more so, what I enjoyed even more was the fact that the emails were really thoughtful and really constructive. Um, keep the emails coming. Uh, it, it helps us a lot, and it's always great to hear from you. So again, you can reach out to us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Now, let's do today's show. A couple years ago, I got an email from our then Deputy Editor Scott Simon, uh, and Scott said, have you heard about this dude, Action Bronson? And I was like, no, I have not heard about this dude, Action Bronson, but that's a very cool name. And I clicked on a link for a video of his, and here's this big, burly, bearded, white guy rapper somewhere in Queens. And then at the end of the video, he's grilling up this big feast for like a bunch of his boys around a table. And... The interesting thing about watching someone cook, you can tell who's got game and who doesn't. And I could just see the way he was sort of flipping the steaks, smashing garlic the back of a knife. This guy had game. He knew what he was doing. Next thing you know, a couple years later, Action Bronson is his big food star. He's got his show, F That's Delicious, on Vice. And now the second season will be on Vice Land. Uh, it launches this March in about a month. So... Action stopped by the BA offices last week, uh, filmed a video for us, sat down with me. The only thing, I got to warn you, if you listen to the Bon Appetit Foodcast with your kids, you might want to put your headphones in for this episode. Action is known to curse now and then, and he also has a thing for smoking lots of marijuana and talking about it. So, fair warning, but buckle up. It's a great ride. Me and Action Bronson. Let's do this. All right, so, Action. So, we're, we're, uh, we're rolling here. We're, we're running a little late. I was having lunch with Batali. You, literally, you were having lunch I with Mario Batali. I was literally Batali. having lunch with Mario Batali. And we were just about to get into the Uber. He goes, ah, you have to stay for a little gelato. Oh, so it was Batali's yeah, fault. It was his fault, for sure. Oh, so we had a little gelato. We had, bastard. We had, we had where, where, some Meyer lemon, and he made, it was like a, a creamsicle, like gelato. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Where, where were you having At lunch? At Otto. At Otto. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. So where do you live now? I live in Williamsburg, oh. Brooklyn. With the kids. You, well, you know. You might be too old to live in Williamsburg now, I, man. You're right. I am too old to live. <laughs> I have grays in my beard and my eyes. I look crazy these days in front of all these other ones. It's like, it's, you're probably actually still too young. To, there was that movie, Logan's Run from the 70s, about like the futuristic sort of society. As soon as you turn 30 years old, they would kill you, basically. Uh, you yeah, you yeah, were done. You're too over. old. Yeah, you're not beautiful enough anymore. I'm so two like, years over. Yeah, at 32, you got to move out of Williamsburg. <laughs> um, Greenpoint? Yeah, exactly. Move on. I need on. to go back to Flushing. You're gonna, or that, or you're going to move like Brooklyn Heights or something. Uh, Get yourself a townhouse. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Upper West Side, but in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine five years ago, you're launching your hip hop career, first album or mix it, whatever you want to call it, came out in 2011, correct? About? I, th I think 2010. 10, 10, 11. Yeah. Can you imagine 2010 right. that you'd be just having lunch with Mario Batali no, on your way to Bon Appetit? I really, I, I couldn't. This is, I, I honestly, I'd be taking a shit reading Bon Appetit because <laughs> my mother has a subscription for years. And uh, can we use that as a poll quote? Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> it's you know, you know, the magazines by the side of told that's I knew it front and back. It was like incredible. But watching Mario Batali while I was growing up, he he inspired me to cook. All right, so how, how did you and Batali first meet? Um, me and Batali first met through 
the guy Chris Grosso, who's the editor of Munchies, he was shooting with Battalion. Battalion had mentioned something about Fuck That's Delicious and how it was the greatest show he's seen in ten in the past ten years. Just stayed in the obvious. Yeah, just stayed in the obvious. For, you know. Wait for you for you listeners out there who are who are not hip to uh, Bronson's world. Uh, Fuck that's delicious. Can I say the F word? I don't know. I never know with this show if I'm allowed to curse or if the guests are or if I should or I shouldn't. I feel like you could do whatever you want. You wear I know you feel right that. Now. I am wearing a cardigan. <laughs> I, yeah, I've said I kind of got my Bing Crosby look going right now. Um, but so that's your show on Munchies, which is part of the Vice whole well, the Vice em- media empire. It was on Munchies. It's still on Munchies YouTube, but. The new seasons are going to be coming out on Viceland, Vice's new cable network. Okay, cool. On actual TV. On actual on the big screen. television, on the boob tube. Yeah, which is awesome. So that's all right. So yeah. that's March. And season one, you can go on, go on to Vice.com and yep. you can get like, I think, 16 episodes or so. Well, you... yeah, the first episode is, there's a lot of stuff lot. that I put yeah. out on, yeah. the, on the web. Um, So you met, you, you met Batali through the uh, the Vice guys. And pretty much the Vice guys and his, son, his, his children were fans of mine and that's how he learned about me, I guess. And... He invited me to dinner one night, and it was just like a dream come true. But Brought t- my mother. <laughs> it was like a fucking crowning moment for us, man. It was I, crazy. You, you know, made like- it. I think what's fascinating about you um, is, you know, in the past five years, it, you're like this, like, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders figure. You know, you got, you're got you a two-sport guy. That's the guy. biggest compliment I could have ever, <laughs> yo, I love you for life. <laughs> so you're the neon Dion of the food hip-hop world. That's but, right. But it's interesting, professionally speaking, um, that you've managed to sort of pursue uh, pretty successfully two careers that kind of, that you're able to sort of bounce off each other and reference, but are each on their own paths. And like, at what point did you think that, oh, wait a minute, I can pursue my sort of food interests as while sort of launching a hip hop career? Like, Cause that's, either one is hard to do. I, it just, it just kind of happened. I was working in the kitchen while I was, pursuing my rap career in the beginning. And you back backing that up, you you so you you went to culinary school, your I father did. owned a, a my restaurant. My father owned a restaurant while I was growing up. What kind of restaurant? Well, a Mediterranean place, you know, the things that we know. And then it changed over the years into other things and I would write raps while I was on on the clock, you know, in the beginning. And then one you know, fateful day, I broke my leg in the kitchen out of nowhere. I was making brunch. I was making burgers and fries for my children actually. And my man Julio was mopping the floor, and there was a little oil on the floor from the oh. night before. And wait, are, are, you, are you throwing Julio under the bus? It was his fault, but it was, <laughs> I like, I threw him under the bus for sure. It was Julio's fault. He, but it was my father's fault first. Yeah. And then, so whatever, I slipped, I broke my leg, and literally from there I became a rapper. Because you're like, I'm not going to be cooking for a little while. so Exactly. I was out of the kitchen. I got, you know, because my boy would come over with the microphone and I would just do it right there. There would be no issue. So so rapping was, that was something as a, as a teenager you enjoyed, came naturally, but you never had this sort of like the, the chutzpah to get up on stage. Nah, never. Well, I, ne- I got it in my late 20s. When was the very first time you stepped on stage? 25, 26 years old. And where was that? This was in like a place called Sputnik in Brooklyn. Like my boy Mayhem Loren, who actually got me into rapping, he had a show and there was like three people there. You know, it was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So you have you made your bones there, you know? Yeah. That's what that's what we did. You bring a lot of personality to the stage. Your videos are fun, your live performances are fun. Did you have that confidence off the bat or did you did you try to be like, oh, I'm going to be tough guy rapper first, I'm going to be hard, or is it, you know, how did that sort of persona develop? 
Well, the tough guy rapper, it's, it doesn't match me. I, you know, like I like fighting. There's no doubt about it. I'm from <laughs> Queens. I'm, you know, it's, as an Albanian man, we we enjoy a little hand to hand combat every now and again. I'm from but, uh, I'm from Manhattan. Like as, as tough <laughs> as I get is going is going to the Equinox gym to work out for a half hour. <laughs> oh man. But you know, like I, no one wants to be. I don't. I'm not. I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to project that in the world. So I like to have fun. I like to say the illest, like coolest, flyest sounding shit possible that makes you think. I don't really. It, it's not about being a gangster. It's about art. It's about what I'm feeling at the time, and I'm not feeling about killing people all the time and yeah. fake drug dealing. Like I'm not gonna fucking tell people that. This didn't happen. Yeah. But you but what's interesting, you you sort of incorporate the the food lyrics and sort of your passion for the cooking world. Yeah, for sure. Pretty pretty quickly out of the gate. And I mean I remember seeing um your Strictly for My Jeeps video. Yep. And what's interesting about that video, what caught sort of my attention was that just from watching you cook, I'm like, oh, that guy actually knows how to cook. Like the way you were handling the meat chopping stuff up and it's just like oh, okay he's I, I i can't taste that food but i know that I, he knows what he's doing it's crazy people come up to me as oh you're, you're such an incredible chef you you cook so incredibly i'm like yeah you never tasted my food how do you know i just look so good <laughs> you you eat with your eyes first right yeah no and and, yeah, and you can tell how technique and, te- and techniques huge my and, movements yeah, it's confidence. I mean, a confidence you can tell. You know, someone's confident in the kitchen. That makes a big. That makes a big difference. It's it's funny. There was a line. You did the uh, uh, one episode of your show when you were with Batali at Italy. Mm-hmm. And you guys were making pizza, and he was you. He was asking you to transfer the dough from the dough with the cheese and sauce on it onto the little pizza peel to throw in the oven. And he was saying, "Don't be tentative." It's like if you're afraid to do it. If you're afraid of the dog, it that's is, where they'll bite you. Exactly. But if you're confident. Goes right on. Yeah, it goes right on. Even if it's a little messed up, it's it's art. It looks good. So, th- so growing up, did you did your mother teach you to cook? Did your father? How did you actually start to learn to cook before you started working in the restaurant? Well, my grandparents lived with me for a long time, and my Albanian grandparents. My grandmother was one of is one of the most incredible cooks, home cooks, and masters of Albanian cuisine. Which is what? So, what did she it's cook? It's peasant food. I it's there's the dish called. Uh, it's it's beans baked in a in a they call it a tepsia, like that deep round, kind of like a paella dish. You know, we you don't know? have a TV a camera here. He's, he's going about he's going about three inches deep. <laughs> <laughs> a paella dish about yeah. three inches deep, and you know, it's literally just white beans and paprika and parsley and a little vegeta, but. Wait, a little what? Vegeta. What is what is the Vegeta? Vegeta is like the secret Balkan, uh, you know, the 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 secret seasoning salt. Oh, see, I don't know about yeah, this Vegeta. Vegeta is pretty forget much forget about you. Yeah, forget about <laughs> it. It's pretty much chicken base. Mm-hmm. Powdered chicken mm-hmm. base. Okay, like that bouillon exactly, sort of stuff. Exactly, but it's not like heavy. It's yeah, not yeah. a heavy bouillon. It's a, it's more powdery. Okay. And it's really it's light. It's not like overbow. It's not overpowering yeah. at all. So it's used to flavor everything over there, from meats to salads yep. to a- anything, and a bean dish and burek and burek is a little pastries with they, they could be little. They could also be very extravagant, where it's like a snake, like a bow constrictor, oh, just cool. going circular, yeah. all the way around like that. And the depending on the filling is dependent on the shape. Yep. So the meat one would be in squares or in a circle. 
The spinach would be in the circle, but in a different shape. Then the cheese would be in the snake. Mm. It's it's very it's it, the concept is easy, but the technique is very very refined and very and it's yeah. not easy. Well, you can tell. I mean, it's that that simple food that has really deep flavor is, is not easy to it's make. It's not easy to make. I've I've attempted it many times. I mean, I could make it now, but shit, took a long time. What about what what sort of meat did you eat growing up? What was the or some of the standards? Well, the standard meat dish was is like a. a Veal neck stew, mm, yeah, wow. it's it's unbelievable. It's one, it's unbelievable. Veal neck stew, it's like eggplant, zucchini, peppers, tomatoes. Where do you even go to get a veal neck? You gotta have your, you must have like a, a butcher. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, there was a butcher across the street from my house growing up, a kosher butcher, and they always had veal neck. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, they, you know. <laughs> Welcome to Queens. <laughs> it ain't Manhattan. It ain't Manhattan, but veal neck is something else. There's nothing like it. Lamb neck is really good also. I it's love nice lamb and crispy neck. and fall apart tender. Uh, I had a meal, one of my first like fancy my very first fancy meal in New York City when I was working at Time Out in New York, or maybe even before that, James Beard Foundation in like ninety five. Uh went to restaurant Danielle when it had just oh, opened. And I just Dan- went there. Oh my God. And I remember Danielle brought out he himself, because with the beard house at the time, he brought this like copper roasting dish and it had like baby lamb parts like the lamb neck and the rack and the neck was just so crispy and mm. fall apart tender and just that like i said again like really almost like peasant food but done really really well i just had one of the most incredible meals of my life at his restaurant really? with him what do you what do you remember from the meal what do i remember yeah. we had the pressed duck oh we had the crazy oh, duck where the it's duck a la press it was Unreal. Which for, I guess, for most of you who have not had it, imagine like this sort of like medieval contraption that Crank. cranks it and like the bones get crushed <laughs> and all the blood and everything gets pressed out. And then they make a pan sauce out of that. Oh, man. I, I helped them make it table side. Well, you marinate this duck. Well, first off, you can't cut the duck's neck. So you have to choke it. Oh, because you want the blood you in You want there. the blood and everything to stay in it. So the lungs, he cooks everything with the lungs, all, all organs intact. Wow. Marinates it in three different wines. A wine, a cognac, and uh, one other thing with some oranges and spices. I I have a feeling we're going to be getting a letter from PETA pretty soon. I'm sorry. I didn't didn't do it. No, I've written about that that You know, he didn't want... Yeah. I could. I I wanted to know how the thing stayed in there. Then they went... Oh, Oh, yeah. There you go. Um... Yeah, I mean, Daniel's- but it's a special, you know, it's a special thing. It's not for everybody. He he never really serves it, so it's a it was a it was an honor. Yeah, no, know? he's he's phenomenal. He always goes those that extra distance to well, to do something spectacular, but in a very old school sort of way. Well, that 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 dish is pretty much France. Yeah, right. That's seventeen that hundreds. That's France in the seventeen hundreds. Pre revolution. Um, Storm the Bastille. So all right, so kid growing up in Queens, father was running a restaurant. You're in high school doing what high school kids do. Yep. Um, Smoking weed. <laughs> as one does. Um, but when you first, did you did you enjoy cooking or was it more like, oh, my dad owns a restaurant, I need I need a job, I guess I'll just go work there? Nah, I never wanted to go that route. I always liked hanging around the restaurant because the chef was cool. He was Ecuadorian dude who always like messed with me. Mm-hmm. You know, he always made me laugh. Um, but... In junior high school, I learned how to cook because I honestly want, you know, I wanted to cook for women. And Smart man. Yeah, nah, it, and it worked, you know. The girls always wanted to, oh, can you make me something? Yeah, sure, I'll yeah. make this. Come on, <laughs> why not? Um, and I just, it, from there, I, I, I dropped out of high school because I was a shithead. 
I got my GED. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with myself for a couple of years. And then I went to college. I went to the Art Institute of New York and got myself together, became and studied, who I am. Studied yeah. cooking. Studied culinary and uh Yeah, that's that's really where, where everything happened. I, I dropped out of the I didn't drop out. I didn't finish totally. I finished mm -hmm. about a year and a half. I didn't graduate. I went directly into the workforce because I had children early. I had yep. my daughter when I was about 20 years old and I had to get out of the, you know, school wasn't yeah. going to cut it. I had to make ends meet. So it, it, it was necessity and love, but it was really love. It, that's what I wanted to do with my life. I knew that for sure. So, okay. All right, but then, all right. So then you, accident happens. You said, I'm going to, I've always been into hip hop and rap and I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. Um, that starts to take off. You start to get noticed. And at what point then did you think, oh, wait a minute, I want to rekindle my food interests and like, and obviously how, how the show come about. And like, cause that's, again, that's kind of crazy to be doing that. Then all of a sudden you took a left turn. There's a lot of people who know you just through the food world. I now, know that's which, crazy. Which is nuts. Um, I started doing the food thing with a friend of mine and uh, he was like, why don't we just film you in the kitchen while, while you're at work? So I made a burger. I made. We did a couple of episodes of Action in the Kitchen. And, and where, where did pe where could have people caught that? It was on YouTube. There's mm -hmm. a bunch of views on it. It's like it was actually passed around on the Zagat feed. Like everyone that was like signed up to yep. their newsletter got that video. Oh, wow! So a friend of mine's father, who was like a hedge fund dude, got the fucking video in his email. It was just crazy. So that also brought me into the eye with a little bit of an older group as well, not just the hip-hop group. I don't know. People just took a kind of liking to me cooking as well as being on the microphone. And me, myself, that's what I've always wanted to do. So when I go on tour, people would always want to take me to the best restaurant in that city. Because they knew you were into it and you, exactly. you'll appreciate this. Exactly. They know that I'll pre that was the most important. They know that I would appreciate it. And I do. A good friend of mine, Tom Gould from New Zealand, who shoots and directs a lot of my videos, was deported. Somehow he won the lottery for the green card. He came back, took him. I was going on tour with Eminem in Australia, South Africa. He came back to New York. I took him right back to New Zealand and Australia. We were out there doing the Eminem Rapture tour. Ended up shooting all these things called Adventure Time, that was the base of Fuck That's Delicious. That is where it was created, right there. In New Zealand and Australia and South Africa. And then you took said device, like, hey, we, we think we this got a concept. This is the show. This is, this I what said, it should this be. is the show right here. And you're able to shoot a lot of it when you're on the road and already exactly. somewhere else. Exactly. You, you have that, that I, th I love the poke episode where you're Thank you, making man. poke here in New York, but you were in Hawaii yep. performing a show there for, 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 for your music career. Yep. But then when you're there, you get some video clips for the, for the munchies, That's so you can kind of tag team it, right? That's the whole point. Smart. Follow me on my on my musical tour, and, you know, if we own music, the work is an hour, hour and a half the most. That's what the performance is. Everything else is fun. Yeah. They pay you to do the flight and the performance. 
Everything else is cool. We're fucking in Paris, though. What are we going to do now? Let's go out and explore. You eat. That's what you do. We're in Norway. Let's go explore. We're, you know, we're in New Zealand. What are we going to do? Let's go explore. All right, let me ask you a fashion question because- Talk to me. It's also my world. Um, I'm like a cartoon, man. All right, let, let's say, all right, you're going to Danielle or you're at some fancy restaurant in Paris. What are you wearing? What kind of, what, do you throw on a suit jacket? Do you, you throw on a tie? To, I, I want to hear. Yeah, I'm going to tell me. you exactly what I all wore right. to Danielle. I wore a Knicks starter jacket. <laughs> and a 1994 Knicks starter hat that was signed by Anthony Mason with a white T-shirt, shorts. R.I.P. <clears throat> exactly, R.I.P. And I asked Danielle, he was like, "Do you want?" I asked, "Do you want me to wear something?" I say, "Hell no." Yeah. He was no. So, but when the duck came, I put a blazer on. <laughs> <laughs> Out of respect. <laughs> Out of respect for the duck, I put a blazer on for sure. Let me ask you a question about the beard. Like if you're eating ramen or something, what do you do with the beard? That's it, that can't be easy. This. Yeah, you, gra- uh, you, you can't grab really it. See this, but yeah, you have to grab it from underneath <laughs> and just tuck it to the, you know, tuck it underneath. Before my mustache was much longer. It was kind of, uh, you know, gold rushes, yeah, yeah. gold rush esque, hanging over my lips. So I would have to part it, <laughs> like that. Part it, <laughs> so it part would it. look crazy. <laughs> it would look nuts. Um, I got called out on it many times. What a in terms of cooking these days, do you, do you have time to cook at home or are you basically always filming or on the road or? I have time to cook at home. Absolutely. I just moved in, into my new spot. Yeah. So what kind of kitchen you got? It's a, you know, not state of the art like here, but it's a pretty nice, it's an open kitchen. It's nice countertops, uh, Viking, everything, obviously. You it's, live in like one of them fancy new condos in yeah, Williamsburg? Yeah. Definitely. Doorman and all that? Definitely. <laughs> you're like moving on. You're up. like the Jeffersons. For real. I yeah. live in the penthouse, a nice uh, a nice balcony. About It's almost it's almost bigger than the apartment, the balcony. Oh, it's nice. And that was the most important thing for me. I've Can been you living, grill out there? Yes. Nice. I've been living in apartments my entire life, two bedroom with 30 people in the place. I need this. It's crazy when people come visit I need you. This. When people visit you from you or visit someone who lives in New York City and that person lives in the Midwest or wherever, they come like, wow, you guys live in this? They're always shocked it's at how box. small like we're living in a box. and crowded apartments are. It's like, welcome to New York. So, all right. So, you, so you got the successful rap career, you got the successful food career. Are people now coming always up to you saying, when are you going to open a restaurant? You need to open a restaurant. Yeah, for sure. What do you say? I mean, I would, I don't know about, I don't think I'm ready to open a restaurant. I'm not, I, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the the stature to like just open a restaurant. Maybe I do. I don't know, but I think a, a littler spot, not a full scale. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to be something I'm not. You yeah. know, I would never do that. I would s- stay true to myself, like a good old fucking sandwich spot, mm. something that just speaks to what I do. That's delicious. Or do, exactly, or do like four or five different dishes that I just nail that I know what I could do. All right, before we let you go, Mr. Bronson, action. We're going to hit you with our lightning round because that's what we do here. So I'm going to I'm gonna throw a bunch of questions your way. Perfect. And uh, you're going to answer them. Either or. All right? Ready? Yep. Ribeye or skirt steak? <sighs> skirt. Ooh, really? How do you like to prepare it? Um, I like it. Uh, it the, the skirt steak you could do either way. You can make ropa vieja with the skirt steak, oh. which you could stew for a long time. Yeah. All right. Uh, latkes or matzo balls? Oh, come on. Now, this is a tough it's question. It's a tough question. Now, this is... You got to pick one. Damn, man. This is... Yo, <laughs> I really... I'm torn right here. 
I'm going to go to Matzo Bowl. It's more near and dear to my heart. Do you make them or do you usually go out and get them somewhere? I usually get them at the deli. Okay. Yeah. Bourdain or Zimmern? Zimmern. Really? Wow. Yeah. That was a quick one. All right. All right. Uh, poke or ceviche? Poke. So you so you you got you got seduced by that when you were in Hawaii. Um, I mean, I love ceviche. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that poke, there's something about it. And just big chunks of fresh tuna. There's something some about soy it. it and, oh, it and, just and, melts and, when and when and it's sesame. room temperature. It melts mm-hmm. like. Uh, Especially on top of that beautiful steamed rice. Yeah, yeah. Nice stuff. All right. I don't know if you're even old enough for this question, but Doc or Daryl? Old enough. I'm born in 83. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Daryl. Well, you were like three years old when the Mets won the World Series. You're right. So, all right. They still dress me in <laughs> Mets outfits, though. <laughs> Daryl Strawberry, ladies and gentlemen. Daryl's my guy for sure. Um, glass- he played for the Yankees also. That's true. Yeah. Well, they both did. They do- Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Cannoli or tiramisu? Cannoli. Cannoli. Yeah. Is there any place in particular in New York City you would recommend for a good cannoli? Uh, Parisi's. Okay. Yeah. In, in the East Village, that yeah. one? No, no wait, where's no, Parisi's? Down in uh, Mott. Okay, Mott, down in Mott. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, down in sort of Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, In-N-Out or Shake Shack? I'm going to go with In-N-Out. Really? Yeah, man. Even though you're a New York guy. I'm going to tell wow. you why. Yeah, I, I would like to know why. Shake Shack only crisps their burger on one side. Ooh. I don't like that. Uh, see, I've never noticed. I've had that issue with the different, uh, that place, what's it called? Joe's or whatever in the meatpacking district. They do the same thing as crispy on one side and not the it. other. I've never that. noticed that with the with the Shake Shack. I'm going to I'm gonna check that out. There. I don't get that because, you know, I worked at City Field and yeah. I would work with the Shake Shack burger. Yeah. It would only be one side. That that was the, That's how they tell people to prepare it. Yeah. The In-N-Out burger, there's something about the crispness of the mm-hmm. bun when the the, the edge gets yeah, kind of crunchy the bun, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Love the that. thinness of the I don't it's like a I don't know there's something about it. it's just really really good you know what I don't I mean listen, I don't like the fries the fries are not I was gonna say that the fries at In and Out are not good they use fresh potatoes but they don't do the double fry thing they don't they do so it's they, the they, one fry and it tastes bad it doesn't it, taste good no it's God wow you're smart we're gonna have to hire you uh, yeah <laughs> they, they have like this cardboardy taste they don't, that's exactly what it, it almost tastes like they're fake yeah which is odd because they sp- because make the effort but then they don't doesn't they ain't got the payoff. They, they they might be too thin. Also, they, I think that's why they're they're only doing the one fry because they're a little bit too thin. If you do the two for they might they they want it to stay straight. They don't want to. F- yeah. You know. Pork chop or pork shoulder. Pork shoulder. Slow and low. Yeah, and slow and barbecued. Do you like to do a kind of American barbecue or Asian or do you have anywhere particular well, style? I like meat cooked slow, low. I like a lot of bark. I like. Mm-hmm. I, I just like barbecued meat. Preach, preaching to the choir. Yeah, man. Um, oh, this is a good one. Ramen or ragu? Hmm. I'm gonna go with the ragu. Do you, do you cook a lot of Italian food? Do you do I, the pasta? I mean, yeah, Italian food is incredible to me. I love ramen also. This don't get me wrong, but ramen ain't, ain't is more, easy to make at home. It's not easy to make at home, and ramen is a more you got to go out and do this, and it's like. <laughs> I, I, I could do the ragu very easy. I make a sauce that's a 10-minute sauce. What? I don't know. It tastes better than any sauce that I've <laughs> stewed for a long time. What, what's, what's the secret? No, you just take the San Marzano's. Mm-hmm. You just use a lot of garlic and onion and get them really browned yep, really well. Yep, yep. Just toss the tomatoes in, five minutes, turn it off, let it sit there. Sounds good. I don't know what the hell. It's just incredible. All right, last question, what we always leave out with. Uh, butter or olive oil? Mm. Olive oil. Really? I really love the way olive oil tastes. 
I mean, butter is great. Don't get me wrong, but if I had to choose one, you got to going with the olive oil. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Action Bronson, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you for having me, man. All right. This has been great. That was Action Bronson. You can look for his show, F That's Delicious, on the new Viceland channel. Um, launches early March. And you can check him out in the Bonapachit Culture Issue, which is on Stands Now. Thanks for listening, guys. Caramel complexions on two knees On two skis Carving up the altars with his two knees I'm Rick the model Martel the cartel Live fast and eat the big tuna This podcast is brought to you by Executive producer Bell Cushing And project manager Carrie Polis With editing by Mitra Kaboli The theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode On iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks for listening Grind the curvy, never shine the jury Pussy like an 86 style You know it's fine and furry Spark the buck in the park, you know, lumberyard. You ain't never in the limelight, undercard. Rossellini in the sky, thunder rod. Commandante of this rap.